You're listening to The Journey Podcast. In today's episode, we connect with an incredible woman who shares her journey of healing her addiction. This episode contains adult subject matter and some listeners may be triggered by this content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end, this is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Addiction is a complex and sensitive topic that affects many individuals and their loved ones. It can take many forms from substance abuse to behavioral addictions like gambling or shopping. Addiction can be challenging to overcome and it can require a lot of support and help to begin the healing journey. In this episode, we explore the topic of addiction. Our guest shares her expertise on addiction and recovery, providing insights and tips for navigating the challenges of addiction. We discuss the importance of seeking help and building a support system, as well as the power of self-compassion and self-care in the recovery process. Mandy Alexis was a functioning cocaine addict for 16 years and is now three and a half years clean. Her relationship with drugs started way before that, though. At 12, she tried weed for the first time. By 14, 15, she was experimenting with mushrooms and acid. And by 16, ecstasy was added to the list and all these mixed with alcohol. Mandy Alexis has completely reinvented herself and her life. She went from an addict who carried a lot of trauma and pain to someone who has healed many wounds and has chosen to break the generational cycles. She has created a lifestyle where she can take her job with her and Mandy Alexis is now living in Nicaragua where she continues to heal, grow and co-create with the universe. She wants to be an inspiration to people and spread the belief that no matter how long they have been one way, they can redesign themselves and their lives to whatever they desire. Here is my interview with Mandy Alexis. Hi, Mandy Alexis. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because addiction is such an important topic to talk about when it comes to mental health and holistic healing. Welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And for starters, do you want to tell a little bit about yourself and your own story? Yeah, sure. So I'll just jump right in. And so I was a functioning cocaine addict for 16 years. However, my relationship with drugs started way before that. I was 12 years old when I first tried marijuana. And then my relationship with drugs like grew from there. By 14, I had added like alcohol and mushrooms and acid into the mix. And then at 16, ecstasy, we just like brought into the circle of, of experimental drugs. And then drinking was alongside with all those. And then at 19, I tried cocaine. And then that was my drug of choice moving forward. So yeah, so I'm now three and a half, like 
going into four years and June will be four years like from the cocaine addict. So yeah, I feel really good. I've come a long way. Yeah. The journey is quite interesting and wild to me. I think about like how most of my life I have been dabbling or using heavily like drugs in some form and only for this very small portion of my life I've been clean from that and it feels like this part of my life is has been like longer than the rest of my life it's like I've yeah I've I've finally like I've started life again and it just feels like it's like a the whole new it is a whole new world for me right like yeah it's been cool wow Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and for being so open and honest about it, because I think it's really important that we talk about addiction and we highlight what those journeys are like, what it feels like, what you go through to really help people understand that they can also help themselves and go through those healing experiences. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm wondering a little bit throughout this journey when and where did you reach that point where you thought that now it's time to stop? What happened and how did that happen for you? So I had tried to stop like a few times before my really big like, okay, enough is enough like moment. Like you've heard the saying, sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? And so basically what happened was my big, big aha moment was after a relationship with a man, we were so unhealthy for each other. And when we met, we had both been like, Oh, yeah, we want to stop partying. And, you know, let's go on this journey together. But things actually got worse in this relationship. And just it was very dysfunctional. And it was manipulative and abusive, like never physical, but like mind games and just confusion. And yeah, just the way the breakup happened, it really broke me. And I was like, Oh, my God, I'm like, I am never going to find or be in a healthy, loving, mature relationship if I'm still this person. So that's when I was like, I need to change myself. And like, even just the way I felt in that relationship, like so unsure, so belittled, like, so unempowered. I was like, that's not how I wanted to feel as a woman, you know, so I really was like, okay, I got to change this. I got to change my life completely. So that was a big moment. And like, I honestly didn't think it was going to be as challenging to stop. Like I had convinced myself, like when I'm really ready, like I can just stop, you know? And yeah, it was hard because it was painful on many levels, right? Emotionally, physically, like I didn't understand what was happening to me at times. So that was scary, but I chose to do research around the healing part and the drugs and what's going to happen after. So I would be understanding what, or so I did understand what was happening to me. Right. So, and even with that knowledge, like it still feels freaky and unsure because it's something new. And my brain is literally trying to make me go back to those drugs, right? Mm -hmm. Like making my body feel weird, making my brain feel weird, making me uncomfortable because it wants that fix, you know? So yeah, it was, it was quite the journey. Wow. And did you work with anyone when you decided that you wanted to quit? Did you work with a healthcare professional or a counselor or even an association or an organization, or did you just decide and then you quit? 
Yeah. So no, I didn't work with an association or anything. I did have support from a couple of people in my life, like during this time of me wanting to like choose to, you know, let go of that life. I did meet another man and he was like super supportive and just, yeah, like just, he loved me differently than I had been loved before by men. My best friend, holy moly, I would have never got through this without her. She was definitely like the rock. After a little bit of time, I opened up to my mom about it. Like I needed to feel like I was far enough along the journey that I wasn't going to go back because I didn't want her to be a part of it if I wasn't completely, like completely over it, you know? So I did have support from her once I let her into the loop. So in that way, I did have people, but it's quite interesting. Like this, the way this divine timing stuff happens in the universe. Like I had actually, when I decided like enough is enough, I had had a trip planned to Costa Rica two weeks later. And so I was able to escape my environment and like for a bit and my norm and get into like, you know, nature and a whole new life for a couple months, actually. So that definitely was helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the change of scenery and completely leaving behind that environment that basically kept you addicted also. So I can see that yeah. very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So going back, like it was, I had gone like, you know, I, so two months I was gone and then I came back and it was crazy because like everything was still like the same in the sense of like, you know, where my friends were at or like the scene and all this stuff. And so when I got back, I had to have like a lot of tough conversations with people and like, find a new life in my old life like it was yeah so you know but I did it like I I wanted it so badly that I was willing to cut off anybody that stood in my way mm -hmm. basically I had and I did I had to move apartments I didn't have a social life for a while in the sense of like because everything was a trigger because we could and I'd have like my best friend who would like not go out with the group or whatever, or like choose to just take me for ice cream instead of like, let's go to the, like, you know, out to the bar or whatever. So yeah, so that was lovely to have, right? Like I do strongly believe like we do need community and we do need support to get through this journey because one of the worst things with being an addict is a lot of people do it because they already feel so alone, even if they're not realizing that's why. And so to have to go through that journey alone, like I would say it's almost impossible, right? Like we, like even just not being an addict, we need community. So, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. You touch on something really important there. And that is for someone to have that support network, if they want to become clean and they want to come on that healing journey, would you say it's really important then that they have that support network, they find support in whatever way it, that helps them? Yes, most definitely. And I think a big thing too is like, I just know from experience with other people who have addictions is like our egos and our pride get in the way and we really need to push that aside and just understand that asking for help and getting that support is okay. And, you know, even if somebody can't physically let get themselves to like a meeting, let's say there are anonymous number, like people can call places anonymously. And I know they have like Facebook groups that you can like post things in anonymously 
just to be able to get the conversation started for that person or get the support that they need without, if they're not ready to put their name behind the addiction, right? So Mm. we are in a world today where it's easier to get that support without really having to step out too much, you know? Mm -hmm. And how do you deal with the, you know, the stigma and the prejudice that comes up around addiction? I imagine that that's not an easy topic to deal with if you have decided to get clean. There's a lot of people that judge if someone has an addiction or was struggling with an addiction. How do you work with all of that when that comes up? Yeah, I don't know. I for me, I feel like I was at the point where I didn't, I didn't give an f about what anybody else thought. Like I was like, I need to save myself. Like I need, to, I'm doing this for me. And I was just there. Like I just kept focusing on like how proud I would be for myself, right? And it's like you know, I would tell myself stories like, okay, fine. Like I had an addiction and someone could look that bad, but at least I'm doing something about it. That person over there who's judging me, who has anxieties and is just sitting on their ass, like just still wrapped up in their own anxieties. Well, that's an addiction in itself, feeling those feelings over and over again. And then I would just be like, you know, whatever, like teach, like you're like, I'm not judging them, but like in the sense of when I was like trying to get through it, if I felt judged, I could be like, well, at least I'm doing something about it. Right. Like, because yeah, it is tough because it is a big thing to come out anyways. And then to feel those eyes or those pointing fingers, like, oh, you're like, as if you did that. And oh, I can't blah, blah, like, you know, like it is hard. However, when you do have that community and the support, it's easier to deal with those naysayers or you know and and Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it really does go back to that community and that support and just you know and self-talk too we need to be able to negative talk is we all have it we can't like you know but it's taking control of that negative talk and being aware of it stopping it and then changing it and it does take time because as I can just say for me as like the addict like that negative voice that monkey brain was super strong and it kind of made me feel crazy at times because Mm -hmm. it was there were so many thoughts so many things and I just knew that if I kept reconditioning the way my brain worked then eventually I would you know have rewired my brain and think differently like I watched Dr. Joe Dispenza and like learned a lot from him so anybody who is having some challenges with how to rewire or aren't happy with their thought process, like highly recommend Dr. Joe Dispenza's rewired series. Like, so yeah, so because it, I feel like it all starts like up here, right? Cause it's all connected. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's really great points that you made there. And thank you for sharing those. I think those will be really helpful for some of the listeners that are listening to this episode. And Outside of the support network and the rewiring the brain and and kind of checking that negative self-talk, is there anything else that you came across that really, really helped you moving forward from your addiction and into that healing journey? Yeah. So I did actually find a community that I became a part of where it was all about inspiring and uplifting others. So the whole community it would basically, it was a Facebook group and we would just, you know, post inspiring things or like, you know, talk about stuff together within the group. And so one of our assignments, if you will, for like homework things was to create like these motivational memes. And they're like, just take a pretty picture of anything and then put some 
like nice words on it, basically. Right. And so at the beginning, I would just take a picture of like me, like the lake that I stay at or whatever. And then things like own your happiness. Right. And then as I kept doing this and I became like more and more clear from like not doing drugs and then also like I, and also traveling through Costa Rica, I noticed I had like a knack for taking these like beautiful photos and like really seeing the beauty in the world. Like it was like, I was seeing things very differently, like, you know, and I would come up with motivational sayings or inspirational sayings that actually match the photo. So that was very cool for me. So I found this artistic part of me came out, which I do remember having it like in my early 20s before I was like super into it, right? Like I always remembered, I like taking photos, but that all got lost, right? But yeah, so yeah, so I create these motivational photos. And now I actually, I would sell them at wellness places, like and different events and stuff around Canada. I've sold them in Costa Rica. And so yeah, so now... I have a whole website where you can purchase them as canvases or a mug, a pillow, a journal. And yeah, they're all photos and inspirational sayings like by me, but inspired by the beauty of the world and teachers of the mind and spirit. But that definitely helped me along my way because as I was creating these and putting them out in the world, the feedback that I would get was like, oh, I really needed to see this today. I really needed to read this today. Like, oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. And just knowing that these small things that I was doing was helping others made me want to keep getting better so I could keep helping others. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. And we will talk about your art in a little bit as well. And we'll link to all of that below the podcast episode. And I do have one more question for you that kind of came up as I was listening to you, because in the spirit of raising awareness in and around addiction, can you describe a little bit how addiction feels and what it is that, that keeps you addicted so that listeners can become a bit more aware of what happens when you get addicted? Yeah. So there's a few things I want to say around this is that, so what I had discovered for myself is that like as little Mandy, I was experimenting, you know, like, but and that's what I truly believed as a child. Like I can remember thinking that. So now adults, Mandy, and like looking back at like my life and how my childhood was with, you know, my father being an alcoholic and like in and out of our lives and very angry and violent. Never did he hit us, but violent in the sense of like breaking things and smashing stuff and yelling and things like I could see that I was trying to escape. I was trying to escape my reality deny feelings that I was having maybe like even to the point of like feeling like I didn't have it my mom was always a safe space but not having a safe space maybe with my father right like so when it comes to like the addiction part like it comes with the territory of hiding those things like I was not wanting to deal with any of these deep rooted traumas that had been occurring since I was a baby basically right and if you're not dealing with anything then they're piling on so if you're piling on, then it just starts to feel worse and worse and worse. And so you're going to want to do more and more and more to try to escape what you're feeling or hide what you're feeling. It's interesting for me because I was happy. Like I remember feeling happy. I just had a lot of pain and trauma and darkness in me that I wasn't dealing with due to like, not because I was a dark person, but because of like my certain like childhood traumas and mm -hmm. stuff. 
So, and then I also like recently learned too, that like not everyone actually has the addictive gene. Like some people it's going to be way harder for them to let go of what they're been like, whatever they've been using than others. Right. So that's interesting too, because there are some people who can go and let's say smoking, like smoke, for one full night and then not touch it for like, you know, six months until they go out again or whatever it is. But some people will have that one cigarette and that's it. Like they are going to struggle to let go. So it will be different variations of how people are able to let go of it as well. And also with what brought them to the addiction, right? And are they willing to look at that and heal that? Like I strongly believe that if you don't heal like then you're more likely to go backwards because of the root reason why you went down that path in the first place. Like I feel like it's for me, especially it wasn't just that I recovered from being an addict. I dug deep and did the healing work to be able to understand it. Like I feel like a completely different person. Like I feel so much lighter. My brain works differently. I've asked so many questions within myself and like, even just family friends who like watched me grow up into my mom. And like, I was like, I want to know like things that I don't remember. I want to know like, so that I can work on that. Right. And get it out and things like that. So the healing part is I think crucial in being able to stay recovered and also really upgrade your life. Yeah. That makes sense. Otherwise we're just putting a bandaid on it and never really figuring out what the problem was in the first place. So that makes sense. That it would be a lot harder to recover if you don't address that. Yeah. And I was just going to ask you too, and you already touched on it. What kind of changes you felt since you began your healing journey and what has changed for you? How are you different now than you were three, four years ago? Yeah. So like I mentioned, like my brain works very differently. Like I still have obviously that voice in my head that sometimes says things to me that I don't want it to, but it's so much more quiet and it's not constant. And because now I have like different modalities or like kind of understand more about how like I work or humans work in general, like I can just kind of like talk to the thought, like, why are you here? Like, what am I supposed to learn from you? Or like, or maybe just even tell it like, no, no, thank you. I'm not going to listen to that today. And like change my thoughts and stuff. So like just really, really understanding myself and not being afraid of the emotions. Like I used to think that I shouldn't show anger. And I think it had to do with like, well, like they went through stages, obviously as a child, I showed anger, but then there was something that happened to me where I was like, so I shouldn't show these certain, these certain feelings. And like, now I'm like, man, this is how I feel. I'm not necessarily I'm getting angry at someone, but if something makes me angry, like I have a safe space, which is still my same best friend that helped me through the addiction that like I can be angry and talk to her about why I'm angry. And then I can go and address the situation. But thinking that like, I can't feel this feeling like that's what happens and you push these things down. Right. So I feel so much lighter and breezier because I'm not pushing things down anymore. Like I've gone through layers. I still have many layers to go through. I know that the healing journey is never really over, but I literally feel lighter. I feel more confident. I feel just that like I can kind of trust that like 
life is going to just keep getting better and better because it is <laughs> like, you know, like I live by the beach. That was always a dream of mine. And I would talk about it with friends and were like, yeah, but it's, this is just how life is here in Winnipeg. And I'm like, no, I don't think, I don't think I want that. So for me, like letting go of that life and like healing and trusting and believing I've been able to create these realities for myself. And I think that that's something that people should understand too, is like, they have the power within to create whatever reality they want. And it all just starts with that first step of making change, whether it's an addiction or, or an anxiety or a bad relationship or whatever, right? And then just one step at a time and they could have whatever life they truly want. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. And I think That puts a different perspective on what happens when you are trying to heal the addiction and recover from that. Because so very often we hear that you will always be an addict, you will always have to try and recover. But it sounds to me more like you can really go on that healing journey, transform your life and live a really fulfilled and beautiful life. And if that's what you choose. So yeah, thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. You're very mm -hmm. welcome. <laughs> And do you want to go over some of the things that you offer, any services or programs that you offer? So if we have listeners that feel aligned with this episode who want to connect with you, that they can find out how they could work with you. Yeah. So right now I'm just serving the world. So like, I don't have like any offers in the sense of like purchasing, but I'm more than like happy for people to reach out to me. And if they want to talk about things, if they want advice on something, if they want to just touch on a little bit more of like, what were the modalities that I used, or if they need, you know, information in any which way, I'm full of it. I'm very happy to just you know, be a service to people, help them whichever way I can on their journey. So they can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's Mandy Alexis Motivation. If they don't like, they can also shoot me an email. It's mandyalexismotivation at gmail.com. And then if they want to check out my art and just see like what inspired me, one of the things that inspired me to keep going, it's mandyalexismotivation.ca. So yeah. Perfect. And we will be linking to all of Mandy Alexis's offerings in the show notes as well. So be sure to check there. If you didn't catch all of those links, we'll put them below the episode so you can make sure you can connect with her and look at that beautiful art that she's creating. And this has been another incredible episode. And I really hope our listeners have profoundly connected with you and your story today. And thank you so much again for being brave and bold and sharing your recovery journey. It has been an amazing chatting with you on the podcast, Mandy Alexis. Thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the Journey podcast, please subscribe, share on social media, and leave us a five-star review. You can find more of the Journey on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and the Journey blog. Sending you love and courage and see you next week.